Welcome to the No Stroke Podcast. I'm your co-host, David Dancero. And if you like the show, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And if you'd like to sponsor a show, contact us through the links in the show notes. In this episode and on this World Health Day recording, we are talking all things health and stroke in the news, including 7,000 steps, stroke and health equity, AFib and stroke, an update on our Boston Marathon team, and a plea for help finding my co-host, all coming up in this episode. This is the No Stroke Podcast with your co-hosts, David Dancero and Michael Garrow, helping you to support and thrive in life after stroke. Their podcast is designed for educational and community support purposes only and should not replace medical treatment and guidance of your own health professional team. Hi, and welcome to the seventh episode of season three of the No Stroke Podcast. First, you might notice, again, a slight different show intro today as I'm sadly without my co-host, Michael Garrow, in studio. But a little bit more on that later. Before I get into the news and maybe tie Mike's disappearance into the seven steps piece in the news this week, I wanted to first thank UConn Health. Um, They had me into visit them virtually for their March Stroke Support Group. Um, I certainly hope we picked um, a few new podcast fans up that might be listening today that I met at that event. Um, We had a great conversation around strategizing, um, ways to get moving in the new year after a stroke, and what simple tools and resources you might try to get your brain and body back in balance. So it was a great, uh, great time. I spent the hour um, with uh, the group, and I want to thank Brooke Medell for the invite. She's the stroke coordinator, nurse navigator there, and she um, was previously a guest on one of the episodes of our show. And by the way, she does a fantastic job providing resources for her stroke support group. So very impressive, Brooke, and thanks again. So let's now get to the news. Um, Let's go over 7,000 steps. That was in the media this week um, in many channels. I heard it first on my uh, local TV channel. But the, the, the articles that I'll put that we're referencing today, I'll put them all in the show notes. Um, the theme around the 7,000 steps struck me because um, the article or the the episode basically said, how many steps should you take a day? So hitting 7,000 may reduce the risk of early death. So this study, just some key points, was a peer-reviewed study from uh, on JAMA, um, generally the American Medical Association, um, that real revealed that 50 to 70% lower risk of premature oral cause mortality for those who logged at least 7,000 steps a day. So the U.S. Um, Department of Health and Human Services does not rec- recommend a specific number of steps, um, but experts say that improving your step count can make a difference. And what struck me in this article um, was we tend in, in, in actually in a lot of the exercise monitoring and a lot of the motivation, um, encouragement that, um, you know, health experts and groups give is they say, try to try to reach for that 10,000. So when you see 7,000, you're used to hearing that 10,000 that 
um, most folks put into their wearable device as sort of a daily goal. What I found when I was diving in and why they changed the research was that there wasn't a lot of science around the 10,000 steps. Um, in, it's more of a marketing tool than anything else. Um, and where it comes back to is a, an old school pedometer um, going back into the 1960s, a Japanese company uh, started promoting 10,000 steps, their meter, their new pedometer as a cutting edge way uh, to encourage users to reach this milestone. And that, that number just caught on. So um, that um, this is where I'm um, <laughs> I'm kind of kind of uh, it, it intrigued me. But basically, the, the new milestone has some data behind it of 7,000. And I hope we're not just lowering our standards because we're, you know, if many of our, many of our, our, our previous guidelines were still not being met at 10,000. So we lowered it to 7,000. Um, it's hard to say. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that it was very interesting to see that. Um, I don't know if there's any data and science around what's meaningful for individuals that have had a stroke, but certainly every bit of movement counts. That was the theme that we talked about um, when Mike and I did our group at Tufts for our stroke survivor group. And that was certainly the theme I presented at UConn Health around simple strategies to get moving and consistently build on goals you've set for movement and mobility. So um, I'm going to put that, sh that link in the show notes. Um, and I'll just comment if folks are wondering where my co-host is, because um, he was on a, a real tear early on. Um, we talked about our goals for the new year and ABCs, and Mike finally got his Apple Watch. Um, he and I were going back and forth competing. Um, most recently, his Apple Watch has gone completely silent. So we're hoping he's going to report back in. Um, give us an update, and we're going to do our darndest to get back together for our last episode of the season. And maybe Mike has some um, reporting to do about was it that he was a little bit intimidated that I he wasn't able to keep up with his bit older co-host in the daily challenge that we had going on with the Apple Watch? Or is he, you know... Is he just having too good of a time? Um, I have my theories, but I'm going to give Mike the benefit of the doubt to report back to us um, when we regroup back in studio live. So, But I thought it was important to keep the um, podcast theme going around in the news, even though we don't have Mike with us today. Um, there were two other important studies that I wanted to touch on here. Um, the next one was AFib and stroke. And this is a smaller study out of um, Denmark. And the title of the study reported recently in Physicians Weekly um, on April 6th was AFib detected in nearly 3 in 10 cryptogenic stroke patients. So um, when I see cryptogenic stroke, um, that was kind of what I was labeled as initially having um, it certainly catches my attention on my um, alerts that I get every day. Um, and it was interesting that 
in almost one in three patients surviving a stroke of unknown cause have AFib detectable was detectable using a continuous cardiac monitoring um, referred to as some might know as an ICM um, implanted that was able to pick up on um, this prevalence of AFib in about 30% of um, these individuals studied. Uh, It was part of the European Heart Rhythm Association's reporting, I mentioned again, out of out of Denmark. In a smaller study, the N was, um, I'm looking here, just under 300 uh, individuals. Um, but that goes to show um, how knowing all your risks and in, in really being able to find solutions and strategies um, to self-manage. Um, some of these um, are detectable. Certainly, we're not all going to have access to having an ICM nor should we need to, but um, technologies that are now available on wrist-worn devices um, like the Apple Watch that I rely on and other um, home monitoring products like Cardio Mobile, um, both of which I use to help kind of monitor and get some of my own biometric data um, that I can report and, and keep right on my phone these days. Um, I think that this study um, shows that it's important that to identify these biomarkers for predicting the incidence of AFib. Um, so there's certainly more that needs to be done there. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that for that study. The other one that um, really struck me because of previous conversations we've had get, with guests on our, our show talking about the social determinants of health Um stroke outcomes related more to zip code versus what um, what the individual may have um, done or not done to be able to avoid a stroke. Um, this particular study that really is um, Interesting to me, the title of the study, Are Strokes a Social Justice Issue? A new study suggests they could be. And this was a much larger study um, done out of the Northern Arizona University. And what this study added up to was that non-white and lower-income Americans are more likely to have worse health outcomes after a stroke including long-term disability and a shorter life expectancy than their white and higher-income counterparts. So we've delved into this, this, um, this problem many times on this show, um, and this just drives home that we need to do better. Um, when we quantify is there an association between you know, r- racial and ethnic minority or stroke severity um, and that connector of being of a low socioeconomic status and stroke severity. It's important um, because when we talk about restructuring preventative care programs, something that Mike and I are really passionate about, and for adequately, adequately supporting and reimbursing, you know, hospitals and care providers that uh, may disproportionately care for people with backgrounds such as that's mentioned in this um, article, um, 
we need to f- offer better services and maybe digital can help with that. There's, you know, there's a lot of schools of thought where does that increase the divide, that digital divide in health equity. I, I think from um, what we've seen in, in, in a very small scale, what Mike and I have done um, during the pandemic is we were able to pull together um, communities and different support groups and, just having building that bridge and being able to start the conversations around these topics. Um, and it's a start. And there are a lot of risk factors when comparing outcomes um, that have, again, more to do with zip code or lack of access. Um, and sometimes due to lack of access, I think Dr. Um, Lung um, from Tufts talked about perhaps folks might delay care. Um, and that, again, leads to poor outcomes. Um, and again, the ability to treat stroke on a level playing field is really one of the things that we're trying to um, get out on our mission here and via the podcast as well. So I'm going to leave that article. We could talk about this for hours and bring on guests, and perhaps we should um, to dive into this deeper. Um, But in that particular um, article, uh, that really hit home um, because it's really something that we're trying to do uh, on the rehabilitation side is to help minimize the long-term disability by providing resources early on. And um, hopefully we'll have more to report on that um, in the months to come. So I wanted to make sure we got those articles out and in the news just kept moving, even though We don't have a guest this week. Um, We hope to um, get back to our regular format real soon. Uh, But there's one other um, milestone I want to talk about briefly. And I was so happy to hear that our previous guests uh, on our show, Caroline and Travis, were able to make their goal if you remember caroline is a stroke survivor and the voice the opening voice of our show um she was joined uh a few episodes ago by her husband travis and they were at the very last few weeks of preparing probably mentally at this point for the marathon because they've now met their milestone and broke their milestone i was very excited to be able to, Carolyn, if you're listening, I waited until you guys were so close to your $20,000 mark so that I could make that donation to say I took you over the top. But for both of you, I'm so proud. You've done the hard work. Um, it's now time to enjoy the process of the number pickup, uh, the pre-meal with your group at Teddy's team, and to really enjoy the day and all the hard work and just getting to the starting line healthy. So if, uh, if, if we're talking about steps as we open the show, um, 
and we're struggling to get our 7,000 steps to get motivated to have some health benefit. Um, if you do some quick math, um, a marathon is over 55,000 steps on average. So think about that and all the training and the steps that went in to preparing for this to help provide resources and awareness for stroke. So thank you to Caroline and Travis and everyone who donated. And if you, it's never too late. If you are just hearing this for the first time, um, dive into some previous episodes. I'll put them in the show notes. And their link is still live to support Teddy's team and stroke advocacy and awareness. So I think with that said, um, I do not have a magic wand question to put out there because we don't have a guest today. But what I am working on and will surprise my co-host with is a way to bring some of our best moments and some of our best guests back into an AfterPod product that I've been working on. Um, One of the things that folks that I've gotten feedback is, well, basically people want a demo when there's a lot of technology that's talked about, when there's, um, when there's more to learn from a guest or more that folks want to do to ask questions. We're putting together a little bit of an e-learning platform to bring those opportunities together. So it's going to take a little bit more time. But when I talked of not having a best um, a magic wand question. One of the things I'm working on that maybe by the next episode, I'll be able to make the links, turn everything on and make the links live for a live demo that you could watch over on YouTube when we uh, simulcast this. Um, the Some of the best of our magic wand questions are going to be in a module within the after podcast and we're still looking on the best name for that we thrown out a few ideas but mike and i will will talk through that and we hope to have that available for you real soon so signing off for this episode of the no stroke podcast i'm dave dancero half of the no stroke podcast team we're looking to bring mike the other half, the big brain half, back on next time you tune in for the next episode. We hope to have our team back together. So for now, this has been David Dansrow for the No Stroke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Stroke Podcast. Be sure to tune in each week for more knowledge on stroke, recovery, and the brain with tips, technology, and interesting stroke thriver interviews where they share their success to enable you on your own healing journey. Make sure to hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our show. Mike and I will love to ask you to rate and review our show to enable us to grow our audience. Please check the show notes to follow us on social so you can connect and reach out to find more about advertising with us or becoming a guest on our show. Until next time, stay well, keep the faith, 
and keep moving forward.